podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello everyone and welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. This is your extra show for the week. My name is Cameron Bell. I'm your host as always on Extra. And joining me to discuss uh, a very, very positive win against Sparta Prague last night in the Europa League at Ibrox is my very good friend, Colin McMillan. Colin, thank you for joining me. Um, a great result last night. I think it's, it's as I said, they are very, very positive um, how are you feeling uh, following the, the the result last night and uh, having a having a bit of time to digest it today? Yeah, indeed. Uh, hi, Cammy. Always good to be back on Extra. Um, we we spoke last night on on the Patreon site um, after the after the match. I always do the kind of post match pods, and we spoke last night where we were delighted with the three points. It was a great result. I think any any result in Europe where you win a match, be it home or away, regardless of who it's against, you've got to be happy with. I think there was a slight kind of disappointment from me, maybe. Just just at the full-time whistle about how difficult we made the last sort of 15, 20 minutes for ourselves after being so, so good in that first half. But now, kind of 12, 14 hours on from the game, had a chance to kind of watch it back, seen most of the main bits again and stuff. We played really, really well, Cami. Uh, in that first half, we were excellent. The second half felt, I think, a hell of a lot more worrying sitting in Ibrox in the cold um, that I actually did watching it back. I think we were actually quite um, quite steady. I don't think there was really much fear about dropping the points in the game actually come the second half. They came back into it a little bit. Our legs got a little bit tired and that was really the story of the second half. So yeah, in the cold light of day now, um, I'm delighted with where we, where we find ourselves now. We've won the match. We've now got a home game coming up in three weeks' time against, on paper, the worst team in the group even though they somehow still managed to beat Michael Beale's Rangers. Um, and if we win that, we're through with a game to spare. That, when you kind of factor in the season we've had so far and how stop, start and highs and lows they've been in it so far, that's a great position to find ourselves in. And that's thanks to the result last night. Yeah. And it's interesting because I know you referred on to Michael Beale's Rangers, I think in the kind of aftermath in terms of where we were at with what we've been dealing with. Um it still very much was his team. And now I, I I feel that what we witnessed last night and what we've been seeing in the last few games, last couple of games, is what is emerging to be Philip Clement's Rangers team. Um, and and it's, it's always interesting with this because I think we've discussed long and hard across the course of this season where there's been a, a disassociation from players. I think at times we've been very, very critical of players and I, and I stand behind every single word of that. And so to be able to come on and, and what we've been doing within the last few weeks, Colin, whether it's been post-match pods on our Patreon site, you know, flagship extra, just generally talking about the positive changes that we've seen, I think was encapsulated last night against Sparta Prague. Now, I, I'll, I'll justify that with a couple of different variables in there. First one is, I think we started very, very positively. Um, I, I think at times we have looked on a European stage, you know, nervous. We, we we did a cross in Prague, we did a cross in Cyprus. And there was some basic errors that we spoke about in those games that, that we, we produced ourselves. You know, if I use a tennis parlance, you know, like unforced errors that, that we just weren't taking care of the, the ball well enough. And I think last night against Prague, what you saw was a design. I thought you saw a template, but I thought you saw a real, um, I suppose really a, like a lust by our players to get forward as quickly as we can, produce quality every single time they looked after the ball, but also to recover it very quickly when we didn't. And obviously, you know, within to be two goals up within 20 minutes, I think, you know, it, it speaks for itself. Um, arguably, by half time we could have been three or four goals up. Um, but for me, what we're now seeing is a far more enthusiastic, a far more committed Rangers team. Um, and almost to a man, you've seen a step up in, in improvement. 
Um, there's absolutely no doubt, and we're going to have to talk about him because you know what a difference he's made since coming back from that um, from that cheekbone injury. But Danilo, I think now a, a fantastic piece of work to be able to get the opener for us. Hunts down Gomez, who I think had. <laughs> One of the worst games I think I've ever seen anyone at Ibrox have in the first half. But I don't want to take away from Danilo's um, opportunistic. He goes hunting, produces the, 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 the error. Then the second part of that, and, and most critical, he gets into the box and he just he just looks like a natural finisher. Now, I don't want to slag off Cyril Dessers. I understand that, but people are naturally going to make the comparison. But Danilo is absolutely the real deal, Colin. Yeah, he absolutely is. Um, just before we mentioned Danilo, just kind of what you were saying about the team. The biggest thing I can say about the team, Cammy, watching it just now, is that there's players that I was completely checked out on, players that I was done with, players I did not want to see playing for this club again. And in the short time the new manager's been here, they've turned around that opinion on me already. And it's because I think when you're watching this team now, it's it's very clear, I think, and very apparent that you're watching a team of players that are drilled, that have clear instructions. They've got, I think they all have team instructions and they have individual instructions. They're being coached throughout the games. Never mind what's happening during the week in the training ground. They're actually getting coached and talked to throughout the match by the manager and his team. And they seem to know what they need to be doing. Before the new manager came in, we had a, a, a squad that were tired, dilapidated, and quite a lot of new people that come into it didn't seem to know their role, didn't know what to do, didn't know where each other played, and it showed. And what the manager's been able to do in such a short period of time is, is quite remarkable in terms of the improvement in the play, the results that are coming through. And he himself says after every game, he's really quick to say, this is just one step, this is just one part. We can't do this in one week, we can't do this in two weeks. So it's really exciting for me in terms of watching this team and having a something to look forward to, Cammy, because it seems like it's been a while since we had something to look forward to. And I can actually see stems and offshoots of this team getting better, going up the levels and improving and improving and improving. And long, long, long may that continue. And a big part of that is the man you mentioned, Danilo. Um, he's came back into the team since this injury and he's been the striker. He's been the the kind of focal point for the attack that we needed. Um, but he's not a he's not a goal poacher, Cammy. He's not a, a guy waiting for tap-ins. He's a guy that creates his own chances as well. He's great on the ball. His movement's fantastic. He gets himself into the into positions to score goals two, three, four times a game. He doesn't take two, three, four chances every game and score all these goals. If he did, he wouldn't be here. But the ones he misses, picks himself back up again, and he's there when it matters. And the goal last night was... A tremendous example of a guy that knows the press, he knows what he's supposed to do, and he's ready for that any opportunity. He wins that ball back, and he's the coolest guy in Ibrook Stadium. He knows what he needs to do. He takes a few steps forward, calms himself, slots it away. It's a fantastic goal. Um, it's a team goal with the press working, and it's a guy who's cool, on form, and full of confidence. And by God, have we needed that so far this season? Yeah, I totally agree. And um, our lead was doubled. Uh, only a few short minutes later, um, a great finish by Todd Cantwell. There was a chance before this call in which Cantwell had had a, what I think was a shot across the box. Uh, it was slightly ahead of Danilo to be able to try and slide in, uh, but it didn't put him off. Cantwell tried something a little bit different this time where he then cut back inside and was able to finish really strongly. A guy who I think it's fair to say that certainly the Rangers fans have taken to him. And I think. Rangers has allowed Todd Cantwell to fall back in love with football again. And I think that when you see the the level of quality that he has, what he's capable of doing and also what he delivers, um, a, 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 a very promising, a very productive and enthusiastic Todd Cantwell will always be dangerous to any of our opponents. This was a great goal. This was a great finish. Um, but again, someone else who I think has probably seen a new lease of life under the new manager. And he was playing well beforehand. I think Todd Cantwell has come in. I, I think, you know, he, he started very, very bright, brightly for us as soon as he came to the club. Um, I, I think the start of this season, it's probably been a little bit different for him. But it's great to see him back in now um, after a short hiatus of getting back in amongst the goals. Um 
but I, I think for me, Todd Cantwell is as happy creating goals as he is scoring them. So he just wants to be in and around the group. He just wants to be involved. And I think more than anything else, we give him a stage to be able to do that. Yeah, we absolutely do. Um, I think everybody loves Todd Cantwell, Cammy. Um, I work with a bunch of guys that one of my one of my offices is Norwich. So I've got quite a few guys that spoke to me about Todd Cantwell when we were we were to get him and then when we signed him. And they all still take quite a keen interest. They're always asking me how he's getting on, how's he doing. Some of them are amazed at how well he is doing, and some of them are not surprised at all. Things went sour with him down there for a number of reasons. Um and I think you're right, he he, he did kind of fall out of love with football a little bit. But by God, has he found that spark again? He is loving life up here. You see it on his social media. You see it every time he's interviewed, how passionate he is about the club. And you see it by the way that he plays and the way he interacts with the fans. And he tries to G the crowd up and stuff like that as well. He's come in and done really, hasn't put a foot wrong since he signed. And then he had a little bit of a dodgy period at the start of the season. Then he had the injury and he had to come back from it. And for the first time since he signed, I think he... He was maybe not an automatic pick for the new manager right away. He, he just didn't quite fit the mould for what he wanted him to do. He's now got him playing in this right position, which wasn't coming natural to him. But you can tell that he's he's been training. He's been working on it. And we're starting to see him actually being very, very effective, cutting in from the right and, play, and playing there. Which, I'll be honest, when he first started doing it, Cammy, I didn't think he was going to be capable of doing that. I thought he was a guy that had to be central. That was just what he had to do. That was how you got the best out of him. But he's shown us the last couple of matches, and tonight in particular, just how good he can be and what he can do as a threat coming down that side. And if that ends up being where he plays for us and it lets us have other players dominating the centre midfield and contributing there, then it's a massive plus for us. Um, he was a little bit greedy tonight at some of his chances. I think he took shots when it might have been better to square it or pass it. But I also get that he's a young guy just coming back from fitness, hasn't scored all season, is desperate to hit the back of the net. So I'm never going to take that away from him because if it was me, I would be the same. Um, but yeah, he he was great. He was great last night. He took his goal really, really well. Yeah. And and what's what's really important, I think, when you when you look at this Rangers team now, when you look at the the belief that they have within themselves, it feels like a weight has been lifted. And listen, I'm not going to sit here and and just continue off the the, the, the kind of slagging of Michael Beale because I, I just think we're, we're we're past that now, right? We're beyond it. We've got a new manager just come in, clearly with his own set of ideas, clearly with his own um, focus areas, and I think I think he's been quite transparent. Not certainly as much as the previous manager in terms of what he says in press conferences, but he's been quite transparent about his expectations from the group. And I think that there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And I think that it speaks a lot in terms of the impact that he's made and also his man management that you're starting to see uh, the the uplifting performances across this. Now, I want to talk about a couple of guys, Colin. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about the second half of the game in just a second. But there's two things that I kind of want to talk about a little bit here. And and the first one is the, the, the uplift of individual performances because I... I was struggling to believe it last night when we were listening to it that you um, you were starting to hear Belinda Carlyle again going around going around Ibrox. I thought that was done. I don't think I'd ever hear that. Again. No, neither did I. Neither did I. If we were to go back like two months ago, then I did not think you were hearing that. Um, and uh, you know, we 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 talk about it quite a bit in terms of you know the the, the parody of John Lundstrom, but he has really stepped up to the mark now. The manager has made reference to him in terms of being part of the senior leadership team alongside Tavernier, Goldson, Butland. But he's really stepped into that. We're really unlucky, or I should say the individual is very unlucky in the fact that I think Scott Wright has come into it because Scott Wright was excellent in Dundee. He was excellent against Hearts in the League Cup semi-final. Obviously couldn't feature um, against Sparta Prague last night because of, of an injury. So hopefully he'll get the international break to recover for that and come back into it. Um, I think Tavernier has has started to recover from what was potentially a shaky start. I think that, and I also want to make mention of this because you were talking about the car pod and in that show, we obviously do man of the match. But for me, Ben Davis has to be included as part of that conversation because I thought I thought against an opponent which could hurt you, that could try and hit you in the break. They're physical. I thought Ben Davis last night, Colin, for me, looked far, far better than he has done in a Rangers jersey in terms of being able to try and position himself, in terms of being able to try and understand the flight and the bounce of the ball, 
which has cost them a big time previously. Um, and I just thought that it's an example. And I could rhyme off another couple of players, by the way, that I could start to see where you're seeing improvements coming into that. The second thing I want to talk about on that and to get your thoughts on is I also thought that we looked far better in terms of restarting play. So whether that's from a throw-in, a free kick, I think our delivery of corners has got far better as well. It's like all of a sudden, we've known that there's been a level as fans, we've always known that there's been a level that we know that we can see. We just want to see it more consistently and now under the new manager we are. I think a big thing for me, Cameron, it goes back kind of to what I said earlier, is that the players, I think, just have, they have a plan and they know under, they, they know like under certain terms they have to stick to it. Footballers, I think, are relatively simple when you break it down. They need to be taught what to do. They need a plan. They need instructions. They need tactics. And Obviously, there was tactics under the old manager. Obviously, there was a plan, but I, I'm beginning to think that it was perhaps a little bit too too open for them. I think they were, the players were be given too much of a free role at times. They were be given too much opportunities to just, just go out and do your stuff. You're great. You're better than this team. Go out and shine, sort of thing. And, oh, I think I think the, I think the manager could definitely overthink it. Yeah, and I think that happened a lot. Whereas I think in some ways it's been taken back to basics now and. The, the manager when he first came in spoke about he spoke about marginal gains he spoke about fixing one thing and then moving on to the next thing he, he wanted to identify a couple of things he could fix quickly fix them then move on to slightly bigger things fix them then move on again and that seems to be what he's doing and one of these things is getting these players to know what to do during a game of football which at times watching them beforehand a lot of them have looked like they haven't and the players you mentioned are massive examples of that John Lundstrom was nowhere to be seen. He's been one that's actually been very vocal, um, Cam. He's done a number of interviews, post-match interviews, things like that, where he's said that the place is like, it's a breath of fresh air under the new manager. Everything's so much better. Morale's better. Um, they're training better. Um, Jack Butland spoke this week about um, how be- how much better the training was and how um, even players that were asked to take on extra running because they weren't as fit as they should be they bought into that because it, they, they were spoken to and told it wasn't a punishment. You're not being asked to do this because we don't want you in the team. You're being asked to do extra running because we want you to be fit and ready to be in the team. It just seems there's been a whole big kind of mindset flip around everything to do with the, the football side of the club and it seems to be working. James Tavenier is looking like the Tav of old, whereas a couple of months ago we all thought he was done. We were talking about his legs being away. Suddenly they're not looking as bad as they looked two months ago. Um, ben Davies that you mentioned um, has always looked a little bit shaky to me. He's never quite looked as confident as a player with his pedigree and his sort of um, r- r- career behind him should look. But last night in the game, he was so composed. His recoveries were great. Um, he done a couple of slide challenges on the on the on the pitch where he won balls back. He he just looked like he looked like the player I thought we were signing, and that's just another a mark of when things are starting to go well when players that you were done with, players that you didn't think were capable of these sort of displays are doing what they did last night. And we we joke a couple of times on the Patreon site when we're doing the Man of the Match, be it in the car pod or in the um, post-match pod for the away matches, that under the new manager, it's not easy to pick a Man of the Match game by game because it's such a team performance. Across the board, the, teams are all, the team are performing all as sevens. Some of them are maybe getting an eight, and that's how we're able to pick a man of the match. But it's team performances all over the place. And I know I keep saying the same point. We didn't have that. We were not seeing that. It's remarkable, I think, just how quickly things have changed and the improvements were seen already in such a short time. And like I said, it excites me for just how good it can be. The, this season, I thought, was over. Cammy, I'd written this season off. I thought... We were out of the Champions League. We were already so far behind in the league. Um, we didn't have the greatest um, Europa League campaign results in the early part of the tournament. Now, um, this season's wide open again for me, and the, the sky's the limit. Um, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. I said I want to set myself up for a fall. But I'm generally an optimist when it comes to Rangers, and at the minute, I'm super optimistic and looking forward to every game as they come. Yep, yeah, and, and listen, I, I can totally understand that because that is, I think that's been the story of our season so far, do you know what I mean? We, we we haven't hit what we expected the heights to be when we had the 
uh, the the intake of new personnel in the summer, and uh, now we're starting to get probably more consistent performances from almost every single player. I would say in terms of where that sits. At. So Rangers, I think, went in at half time. There's a really interesting point, Colin, which um, it's funny. I was kind of thinking about it as I was I was rewatching the game last night. Um, the after the second goal, the Cantwell goal. Uh, Sparta Prague seemed to have a kind of team meeting to be able to discuss what was going on. And I suppose 10 of those players would have immediately turned around and looked at Gomez and went, yeah, you're the problem. However, um, we got to the, the we got to half time, come out for the second half. And it has been interesting about what our reaction has been to this because it felt a little bit, and I've, I've read a couple of things and I've heard a couple of things in terms of different reasons for it. So, I think my own opinion um, is Sparta Prague tried to regroup probably the latter part of the first half. They did it at halftime and then they started to show it when the second half kicked off that they probably started to, to regroup a little bit. We started to absorb a bit of that. The manager made mention in his press conference um, afterwards that there wasn't the same intensity of, of, of tempo. Um I understand that. I think the the manager has said well before uh, the game last night that uh, he's he's not been happy at fitness levels. Um, you know, as much as we've seen these improvements happen on the pitch and happen very quickly, you can't improve fitness as quick as he would like. It's just simply physically not possible. So I was kind of okay with it, if I'm being honest, in terms of us not having to stay at like you know a high tempo as long as we didn't make any silly mistakes. And I don't think we did. I know, obviously, we've we've allowed Sparta back into it with what I actually thought was a very well worked goal, um, and it did set up a nervous close to the game. And as always, within hindsight, you you were maybe feeling a little bit more nervous than you actually should have. However, when we got that ridiculous six minutes of extra t- or injury time, which was really more like eight or nine by the time we were finished fanning about. I just didn't ever feel like we were in real shaky ground. And that is because this team has made me believe that again. It's almost like they've they've suddenly suddenly overnight learned about game management, Jamie, and how to calm down, how to take a step back, but still be in control of the game. And I think that's what they're able to do, despite um, Sparta Prague's... Um, little on-pitch team talk after the second goal, which was kind of a bit like, remember Phil Brown done his half-time one on the pitch? Oh, God. Kind of, kind of that that sort of vibe from that, but it, it didn't work. Um, the second half, like, they couldn't be as bad in the first half as they were, uh, sorry, in the second half as they were in the first. So they were always going to come out and do a little bit more. Our players have played a hell of a lot of football. We've had so many injuries, we've not been able to rotate as well as we probably want to as well. So the players we picked last night were... They had a lot of games under them, so I would get why our energy levels would maybe drop a little bit as well. And it's been big games, it's been semi-finals at Hamden recently and things like that as well. But watching it back today, compared to watching it in the stadium last night, it, it didn't feel as anxious or as worrying as it was when you're sitting watching it. It, it. We were relatively calm. I think a good point is that when they did get their goal back, we immediately went up the pitch and scored again. Now it wasn't; it didn't count. VAR came in rightly or wrongly and they uh, ruled the goal out. But that strikes me as a team that were able to sit back in the game. But when they made the mistake and they lost the goal, they shot right back into action and they were able to go up the park and score. That's a team that I think has got levels they can get to, and they're actually learning how to manage those levels and do the smart thing with the game. And that's something they've not been doing either. So, yeah, watching it back. It wasn't as it wasn't as worrying. I don't think the second half performance was as poor as I thought. We just controlled the game um, a little bit better, which is what you need to do when you've got a squad that's struggling with injuries still and so many games, constant games of weekend, midweek, weekend, midweek. This international break, which I hate, I hate the international breaks, Cammy, but this one's coming at a decent time for us. Um, we've had some good results with a good um, passage of play between international breaks one to the other. But I think we do need a little bit of time to regroup, get some players back healthy, and then come out of it raring to go. So, yeah, watching it back, nowhere near as bad as I thought in the stadium. It was a great night's performance. I'd expand on that point as well, actually, Colin, because I, I totally agree with you, by the way. I think it is, it's it's a very, very um, 
it's it's a very very big thing for us to be able to notice how we recover. But actually, do you know something? I would probably even go a step further than that and say we recovered from conceding and we also recovered from not getting the third goal. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, that's very, very true. Actually. We didn't go, oh, shit, you know, the yeah. world's against this and blah, blah. And it's like, and again, I know we're, we're, we're obviously talking a little bit more just outside of the, the Sparta Pride game, but I think that this has served as a really good um, focus point, certainly a, 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 a nucleus, if you will, about we've shed what I think we've been guilty of in the past of the victim mentality. We've not felt, oh, you know, woe is us, that's poor, blah, blah, what have you. And again, I've got to say, it's 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 symbiotic, I think, of where the manager has come in with that mentality. The players have bought into it, right? And I think that through various different comments that have been made by players, I think it's fair to see if you read between the lines, part of their commentary has been it hasn't really had shape or direction, and yeah. now we do. And that's fine, but there has to be a belief. And so you're absolutely right, I think, when you when you see that as well, that it wasn't a case of, right, well, we'll just get frustrated, we'll do that as well. Now, two other things that I need to make sure that we, we talk about, because um, it would be remiss of me not to, is... Um, you mentioned earlier on a little bit around the kind of time management, game management side of the game. Uh, I will absolutely applaud Jack Butland on that. I am, <laughs> I am getting legitimately worried that we could lose Jack Butland uh, because he, he he had very little to do last night. However, he did make a fantastic save towards the near end of it, and I'm old enough to remember keepers like Chris Woods who. For a long time, wouldn't really touch the ball. However, when you know he, he was called upon, he had to make saves. Butland, I think, is just. I, I, I think you know, similar to what we're saying before about Todd Cantwell. I think Butland has just. I think he relishes his decision to come to Rangers. I think it's allowed him the opportunity to play regular games, uh, be part of, uh, as I said before, a senior leadership group be part of being able to try and shape it. Now, if you and I, Colin, are sitting on this pod in six or seven months and you and I are both hoping and praying that this happens, but we're talking about the trophies that we could win this season and have won this season by the time we get to the end of it, Jack Butland will have played a major, major part in that. Absolutely. He's been the by far the bright light from um, this summer's transfer dealings so far. Um, Danilo might go on to to do more or perhaps maybe not do more but get more attention because goals always get more attention than saves um, but at the minute um, minute for minute, game for game he, he's been fantastic um, he brings a whole new dimension to Rangers goalkeeping which sounds a bit of a stretch but it's true Cammy, because he's the first modern goalkeeper we've had in terms of uh, he's quite comfortable coming out for things, he comes out for crosses but he's also an excellent Shot stopper, he races out his box to break down play at times as well, and that's just something that a great lineage of great keepers we've had over the years. My lifetime, I've been spoiled in my 39 years on this planet with Rangers goalkeepers. But with watching Alan McGregor for the last couple of years, Alan McGregor's a fantastic goalkeeper, one of the best, if not the best, we've ever had. But he wasn't a modern footballer, he wasn't happy with the ball at his feet, he wasn't coming out for things. Jack Butland has all of that and then some. And you're right, I think, to call out that he he loves it here and he's he thinks he's made the right decision. He put something up on his Instagram last night after the game and it was a image and videos of his son, his young son, in the stand last night during his song getting played. And it's stuff like that that it just shows you how bought in these guys are when you see some of the stuff they're putting on there. Um, he speaks really, really well. He does, he, does, he does press quite a lot for the club and when he speaks, he's really, really good at getting his point across and talking about not just what's going on at the club, but why it's going on and stuff like that. He's played in the EPL, Cammy. He's played regularly in there. He's also been the third goalkeeper at Man United. He's experienced it all down there. He's experienced what it's like to play there week in, week out. He's also experienced what it's like to just be at a club like Man United and have that experience as well, albeit not playing very often. He's now came somewhere where he's competing for trophies. He's one game away from getting a, a domestic cup. Um, we're right back in this league campaign. We're now doing well in Europe and he's got the Scottish Cup to come. Why would he want to go? And if he does, worst thing that happens is he does go on 
but we would get a huge chunk of money for Jack Butland at this point in time. So we would reinvest it and we would do what Rangers do and find another fantastic goalkeeper. But I hope we don't. Yes, I'm trying not to look too far towards my namesake when you say things like that. Um, yeah, listen, you're right. Um, it's about his involvement within the group. I, I think he's he's incredibly happy he made the move that he did. I think he shows that within his performances and exactly as you said there in terms of his, his commentary as well. The other player that I want to be able to talk about who I think made a difference last night and had he been given slightly more game time, might even have chalked up an assist or potentially even a goal himself, is Ross McCausland. Um, the manager, I was at the CEO fans forum on Tuesday night past Colin and and, and effectively it was the, 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 the kind of senior panel from the club. Um, and one of the really interesting things that was asked around obviously youth development, the manager was there uh, briefly at the start. Um, and and it, it was talked about, you know, we enjoy as Rangers fans seeing youth prospects coming into the team dominate and be able to try and come in and really, really uh, contribute towards the first team and stuff. We love seeing it, right? We absolutely love seeing it. You mentioned Alan Good McGregor before, perfect example of that. However, for me, Ross McCausland is getting some game time within that because the manager fully believes in what he's trying to do. I think he is is getting an opportunity which isn't based, and we've seen this happen before, purely on key injuries in specific positions uh, because we have flung players in at the deep end beforehand when that's happened. I think of, you know, Leon King, Liverpool, etc. But McCausland came on last night, Colin, and I think that you see the embodiment of what that Rangers team is looking to try and do now because every single time he got the ball, he was looking to try and play forward with it. He was he set up Danilo with a beautiful chance as well with a fantastic through ball, which I think I think that ball from McCausland travelled about a mile and a half to be able to try and get to Danilo. It was beautifully threaded. Um but if we can if we can line up more involvement for him, if we can see that as a pathway for other players being able to see where their opportunities will lie, because as you rightly say, now that we've been able to do a bit of recovery of the season, my hope is that even when the Scottish Cup begins, for example, we're still in the European stages, touch wood, we're still competing for the league, we won't have a let up in fixtures. So all of that means that McCausland should play more of a part, and if we have other youth prospects coming through, this manager has already highlighted the fact that he will look to be able to try and give that youth a chance. He has said that, yeah, and that's something I'm really excited about because we ha- we always have prospects coming through from a youth point of view, but we don't always get the chance to see them because our, our, our first team games are seen as too important sometimes we've thrown youngsters into. We don't have the, the flexibility to just bring one in and see how they do. But this guy's came in, and probably the biggest compliment I can give him, Cammy, is that when he plays... I don't think, all oh, right, okay, there's um young prospect McCausland. I think, oh, there's McCausland. He's going to be quite good, I bet you. He doesn't, he's not playing like a youngster anymore. He doesn't look like a, a prospect from the B team. He just looks like one of the first team squad already. Um, He just seems to fit it in hand and glove already. And that's really, really good to see. He came on last night as a sub for Cantwell after 70 minutes. Um, There was options on that bench for... Dessers was still on the bench, Lawrence was on the bench, Sefentes was on the bench, Sterling was on the bench, Roof was on the bench. But he was the one the manager went to first. Um, and I think that says a lot about him. He came on, uh, within a minute or so of being on, he played the most beautiful ball um, last night into the box um, that got everybody in the stadium up off their feet. Um, Sadie Danilo uh, fluffed it a little bit in the box, couldn't control it properly and lost possession. But that ball then came out to McCausland once again he seized it, grabbed and grabbed onto the ball, ran down the right-hand side and then started cutting in, trying to get the cross across, uh, into the box. He seems a little fearless. He seems like he's ready for this. He, he had a shot later on in the game as well. So he's not coming on and just having a couple of nice wee touches. He's coming on and making a difference and actually trying things. And he seems fearless. So we should be fearless in our options of using him. We're playing these games, like you said, weekend, midweek, weekend, midweek. We've got the five substitute rule in place still use it to our advantage, get games won, get players um, off the pitch as early as possible and get him on. And 
I don't want to sit at this show or any other show really and start slagging off the Lammers and the Dessers in this world. I think it's been done to death. We know where we're at with these players. But if you're telling me that somebody like Lammers can do a better job from the start than he possibly could, then I'm going to say you're wrong. I would love to see him just coming in. If we did, if we did the, the point just now, injuries-wise, where Lammers is a first pick, I don't get why McCausland isn't in that position starting the matches. That's how good he's been. I think he's got potential. So let's unleash that potential. The only way we're going to find out for sure is by giving him games, give him minutes, and we've got an opportunity to do it now. So do it. Listen, absolutely. Um, I think what's really important as well is that he's involved within these games. And they're high-profile games. They are a tough opponent. Um, Sparta Prague. I, I totally understand that they probably had an off night last night. I, I, I'm again, as I say, I'm not saying that you know they were a complete washover. I think that through our hard work, we um, removed a big part of the contest by going ahead so early within you know the first half of the first half. But all that to one side, there's opportunities there for us to be able to learn and grow from that, and and probably making a little bit more of incremental improvements. And I think that that's what the manager wants to be able to try and do. He made mention as well, Colin, um, at that fans forum that was mentioning there that because of the the games uh, being so regular, being so, you know, uh, such a congested fixture schedule, that there's going to be times where actually we probably wouldn't even do physical training sessions if he feels that the players are still recovering from, you know, a game, um, you know, a couple of days after. But they'll still have sessions where they'll do some video analysis. They'll look at some of that stuff as well. So he'll mix and match that in order to be able to try and give players the best chance to not only learn, but also to be able to train and, and again, like I say, improve those fitness, get players back from injury, get them up to up to speed, etc. So again, all power to him in terms of what happens. I think we are in a fantastic position to be able to ensure that we still have... Um, European football uh, in the second half of the season, which I think for me, especially when we're involved within the Europa League, is an absolute must. Um, and I think the manager has come in and been able to try and, and, and recover some of those journeys. We obviously started it really well with a, a win over Real Betis at the beginning of the group stage. But, you know, our performance season, Prague and certainly in Cyprus, where, where you know, the stuff of huge concern. I don't have any of that concern any longer. And I didn't feel it when we were in the closing periods of the game last night and yeah. Prague potentially could have equalised. All that being said and done, uh, we are back to league business for um, our, our, our final league game before the international break. Um, just before you go into that one, just one last thing on certainly. last night, if you, if you beg me the indulgence. We spoke a lot about the players and the improvements in the players and a lot of what the manager's done. I'd like to just also, I think, just call out the crowd last night as well because I think the crowd played a huge role in last night's match. And this is a crowd that we've seen this season rightly absolutely at their last tenor with this team. Um, furious at the final whistle in matches, booing the team off, um, rightly or wrongly so, but doing it. Last night... They were behind the team from the start. The atmosphere was fantastic. The singing was fantastic. But when the second half came and the performance dipped a little bit, the crowd didn't. They stayed there. Yeah, no one backed out. And they stayed there when Prague got the goal back as well. They were right back on top of it. Started singing great back behind the team. And then we got the goal and it worked. And so kudos not only to the crowd for doing that, but kudos to the management team and this group of players that have enabled that to happen by giving the crowd something to believe in again, Cammy, and something to actually enjoy watching. So um, it might be a minor thing in the in the grand scale of things, but to me, I think it's worth shouting out because we've seen how toxic at times the stadium's been because of what we've been watching and um, what, not just what we're watching, but the prospect of what we're going to be watching for, for weeks and months to come because we just didn't see it getting any better. And in a short period of time, it's improved so much so that we can completely drop tempo a little bit in the second half of a game. We can lose a goal and we're still completely there. We're completely bought in and we're confident of what the team are going to do. And like like everything else we spoke about earlier, doing that in just such a short period of time is remarkable. Totally. And, and listen, do you know what? I was going to give the crowd a lot of plaudits, but like I said to you before, we started singing Belinda Carlisle again. And that just, you know, that that's what ruined it for me. So, no, but listen, all joke, all joking aside, I couldn't agree with you more. You're absolutely right to call that out. It was remiss of me not to mention it. Um, but you're right. There's the, the, the word that I used when we did the, 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 
the car pod last night after the game was is there's a cohesion now between the team and the fans. Yeah. And by the way, that's not just the Ibrox. You know, I mean, again, like I, said, I, I was in the same at Dundee, same at Hamden. But there is a there is now more of a a, a concerted bond between both of those bodies that it now feels like we're all back on the same side again. Um, so yeah, listen, couldn't agree with you more. Great point, and and yes, thank you for calling that out. Uh, yeah, so we are back to league business on Sunday uh, at uh, the Tony Macaroni Almondvale Spaghetti Ad Stadium, whatever it's called this week, I, I forget. Um, and it's back to Livingston. Now, if you can tell me your thoughts on this without using the words plastic and pitch, I would be very, very impressed. Um, interesting development, though, Colin, and, you, and again, you and I were discussing this last night, actually, is that uh, Livingston have just announced that Brian Rice, former SPFL manager uh, at Hamilton Ackies, has now joined Martindale at Livingston. Martindale, I think, was connected pretty strongly, actually, with the St. Johnson job. Uh, for me, if your manager is getting talked about with other jobs, it's because of the fact that they are being successful. There's no two ways around it. Um, as much as it feels pretty much like a home game because we take three quarters of the ground, it's still a tough venue to go to. I still have a lot of respect um, uh, for, for uh, David Martindale. I, I feel very much like we are now in a much better position because we've got a better focus, but we can't we can't take that away. We absolutely can't take an eye off the ball with this. Um, and I think that the manager made mention after the, the semi-final win that the players can celebrate getting to the final of the League Cup. They can do that right up until Sunday night. Monday morning, however, we have to prepare for Sparta Prague. So I'm very sure that he's told them the same thing Enjoy that win against Sparta. You've earned it. You worked hard for it. That's great. But, you know, when you come in on Friday morning, we're now going to start talking about Livingston. And and I think that's absolutely the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, Livingston is always a difficult one, um, going to that synthetic surface. Uh, <laughs> I, knew you'd get, I knew you'd get around it somehow, you sly dog. I always try. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Um, Rice coming back in there. Um, it's a position they've had to fill because they've been working without a first-team coach um, since Christoph Berra left them at the end of last season. And I, th- I think we all know David Martindale is one of the, the hardest-working managers in football because he seems to be doing everything at that club. I think he cleans the toilets, makes the half-time pies, he does the lot. So he'll be welcoming uh, somebody else to come and kind of take on that load and help him there. Um, it's, it's surprising that a guy with kind of pedigrees of managers happy to come back in at that level. Um, he's been working at Alloa, um, and he's done done okay there. Um, but yeah, he'll he'll add something there definitely. I think they'll complement each other quite well. Um, we've had Livingston's number so far this season. We beat them four 0 twice, both in the league and in the cup. So, um, they're not a team that we should be worried about, but they are a team that we saw can on occasion cause us a problem. We have dropped points to them before. Um, I don't think that'll be a thing this 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 uh, weekend though, Cami. I just think that. We are on such a good track at the minute. We are on a good path. We know what's important. We know what we need to do. And it would be remiss of us to go into this game, take them too lightly and make a mess of it. And I just don't think that will happen with this manager and the run that we're on at the minute. So I'm confident of the three points. Um, It won't be easy, but I think we'll do well and uh, we'll all be happy come Sunday afternoon. Yeah, I mean, I think so as well. Again, I'm confident because the team and the manager have been, you know, They've they've allowed me to to learn what that feels like again, yeah. and we've proven that with performances and we've proven it results. And it sometimes felt. And by the way, this even goes all the way back to Van Bronckhurst that you could have one or the other, but you couldn't have both at the same time. Now we have both. So again, like I say, it's about being able to um, to to have that belief again, and 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 probably just to. I think do what we've really wanted to do, Colin, which is not overthink an opponent and not give an opponent too much respect. Obviously, Clermont has not been to Livingston yet. Um, I'm sure he's going to absolutely love it. You know, mainland continental Europe doesn't compare with West Lothian, of course. However, all that to one side, he he, he will also realise that this is this is like the nitty gritty and the nuts and bolts of Scottish football. He, he, he encountered that at Dens Park. 
he's going to have to go to places like Livingston. And I've always been a big believer, Colin, that, you know, certainly when the old firm games understand all that and, and you know, of course it's key, but it's also about being able to get to places like Livingston and being able to come back with three points because they won't make it easy. They won't make it tough. And again, Martindale's been a thorn on our side before. Um, he's been, he's you know, he, he understands how this Rangers team can play. Personally, because I've got a lot of time for him as an individual, I think it's it's good that he does get linked with other roles because I think he potentially is bigger than Livingston. Whether or not he can do that at a higher level, I don't know. But, you know, again, like I say, I think he's done a great job there. So we just can't take it lightly. But all of that being said, we should not take it like a huge task. It shouldn't no. be something that we just think, Christ, all of a sudden we're playing Real Madrid. It doesn't work like that in the real world. But for some reason, as we mentioned before, it's like we overthink it for no good reason. That's why I despise talking about that pitch. Because <laughs> I still think that we should be able to play it, as you rightly said, on a synthetic surface. Of course it's shit. Of course we'll deal with it. But, you know, these players are... The, it's not their first time doing it. No, it's so not. So just, just got, don't, don't those, let it affect you. Yeah, we've got those surfaces at the training ground. So in theory, you just train on those for a few days before it. And that should even things up. Livingston's always interesting. It's, it's going to be the next step or the next test for the new manager. And I think Livingston Cammy's always an interesting one for somebody new to Scottish football because they must get to that stadium and be like, what's this place called? Why are our fans in free of the stands? And what is this pitch? It's it's, it's just a, to, a big... In, in, in defence of the players, Colin, I live in West Lothian and I don't know what the stadium's called. Yeah. No, do you know what I mean? Wild. So it's it's just one of those funny things with Scottish football where things are weird, things are a bit different, and it's the next part of his Scottish football education. <laughs> um, he, he'll know what it's all about before he gets there, and I trust him to not overthink it. I trust him to think it just enough, Cammy, get it just right to get the three points, and then we go into this international window pretty happy, pretty contented, and looking forward to when the football comes back. And when was the last time we all felt like that? You're totally right. It's exactly what I was going to say. You know, I, we all used to love the international breaks because it gave us time off for Rangers because we just couldn't be bothered with them. Exactly. Now we're at a stage where we're like, right, when is the Aberdeen game? Like, how many? D- we'll have a couple of days off of it, and you'll be like, Christ, time is moving backwards. So yeah, yeah. Listen, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right, uh, folks. Uh, just to give you a little bit of kind of housekeeping um, in terms of uh, just a, a, an update, I've got a, a request from our very good friend Rob Shorthouse, who is part of uh, the Hong Kong Rangers Supporters Club. Um, they are celebrating their 30th anniversary, and uh, our very own David Edgar and Adam Thornton are heading over to Hong Kong uh, to be the heart and hand travelling team. Um, and they will be uh, on stage alongside such ge- uh, privileged guests as Richard Goff. Um, and we just wanted to say all the best to the lads from, from Hong Kong. A lot of expats out there who do a hell of a lot of work to be able to try and make sure that they keep in touch wherever they possibly can with all things Rangers related. It's a very tough gig when you have to get up at stupid o'clock in the morning to be able to watch Livingston away, but these guys are as committed as they come. So uh, a huge um, congratulations to the to the Hong Kong Bears, to Rob, a very good friend of ours as well, and Poda. Um, I'm sure the boys will enjoy their trip across there as well. Richard Goff is always phenomenal value. And uh, I'm going to leave you at the tail end of the pod with a little bit of a catch-up from David and Rob as they talk about what's happening with that. Before we do all that, most important thing for us to be able to try and do is thank um, not only my guest, Mr. Colin McMillan, this week. Thank you so much for coming on Extra, Colin. It's much, much appreciated. It's always a pleasure to speak to you, Cammy, and of course the listeners. Um, thank you to the executive producers in London, Mike Lee and Paul Myers. Thank you as well to our show sponsor, Zenith Coins. Please head over to zenithcoins.com. And if you've enjoyed listening to us and uh, you need that Rangers fix uh, when we get to Sunday afternoon and Rangers have won uh, Almond Vale and you're thinking to yourself, what do I do next? How do I hear more about you know Rangers and what can I do? Why not come and join us on patreon.com forward slash heart and hand where you will have literally hours and hours of content on there yet to be released across the course international break because we don't stop but also a huge archive of content material for you all to be able to try and go and enjoy there is literally not a range of subject that we have not covered 
so please jump over there and join us. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. Have a brilliant weekend. As best you can, enjoy the international break, and we'll be back with you really soon. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Joining me now to discuss the 30th anniversary of the Hong Kong Rangers Supporters Club and the imminent celebrations for that is a man that you will know well from heart and hand, folks. Yes, it's Rob Shorthouse. Rob, how are we today, sir? I am very well and very excited because uh, we have a fairly uh, lengthy programme of celebrations coming up over the course of the next wee while, uh, of which you are playing a part, good sir. Yes, uh, uh, delighted, surprised and delighted to to be asked, but uh, very much looking forward to it. Quite frankly, I I expect and deserve to be way down the bill considering some of the names that you've got coming but uh, uh i will i will do my very best to to help out now rob you've you've been in hong kong for a while now, and, and genuinely folks with it going into it rob loves hong kong you've tried to go away from it it didn't work you were back <laughs> there pretty sharpish um miserable as sin while you were away from it uh but there is a large expat community out there and there always has been this this rangers island on the island really hasn't there that has been David, and you know the the club uh, formally. You know the, the the reason that you're coming over and the reason that we're having this celebration is because you know formally constituted and all that kind of stuff is it's it's our thirtieth anniversary. But I think you know that Scots have played a huge role in the history and development of Hong Kong, and so there's always been Rangers fans here. Uh, but as I say, it's you know they, a bunch of guys came together and formally decided to to make it official thirty years ago, and that's that that's what we're going to be celebrating. Um, and you know, uh, in terms of like clubs, we're not as we're not as big as some of the other clubs you'll get in NASA. You know, we're not as big as the Dubai Loyal, which I was briefly a member of, as you mentioned when I when I when I attempted to leave Hong Kong in disgrace. Um, <laughs> but you know, but but we do have a you know we've got a fairly steady sort of loyal group of guys who've been involved for a very long time. So so this is a really important uh, occasion for us. You know, there are some people. Who 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 are part of the the celebrations this uh, this coming week? Who who were there at the found the, the foundation of the club thirty years ago? So, you know, it's a, it's it's a great thing to be able to celebrate, and you know, it's it's a really good club. So, you know, the, the good thing is just in terms of what 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 the plan is really. You know, we're very fortunate um, that a, a wee while ago, I think before COVID, um, one of our members had been chatting to Richard Goff, and Richard sort of expressed. How, ex- how excited he would be to come out to Hong Kong for an event. So of course we 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 recorded that in blood and and mm-hmm. uh, you know stuck that in our back pocket. And so you know when when it be- when the restrictions here in Hong Kong were lifted and all that kind of stuff, we made contact with Richard and Richard said he would come out again. So he's going to be the guest of honour at our, our, our gala dinner and a couple of the other events that are that are happening over the course of the piece. You know we're going to be you know take them to the Happy Valley horse racing. You know. We're, we're, you know touring about Victoria Harbour in a in a in a in a in a boat with all the guys from the club. And when I say boat, it's not like a it's not like a dinghy you would get in Victoria Park. It's um you know a, a, a sort of nice big yacht and everything else. So so there'll be all that kind of lovely stuff that we're doing. But the two big big events I suppose are the gala dinner that, that, that Richard's going to be the guest of honour at, which we're all very, very excited about. And David Mason, the club historian, is going to be coming out for that uh, as well. And then the other thing is um, and and that will be by its nature will be quite formal and you know suited and booted and you know uh, well have to be in our I suppose best behaviour for a while. But the night after that, um, you know that that's that's where we're going to be working with 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 you and Adam Thornton about having a night in in one of the pubs in the deepest darkest Wan Chai uh, in in the middle of Hong Kong Island, where yourself and Adam will, will have a have a, a bit of a mini live show and. Um, Richard will be there, and, and it will just be an opportunity, I think, for Richard to be relaxed and you know tell lots of stories about his career and you know his life, you know at Rangers, his life after Rangers, and just you know one of the things that you know I've never really spoken to him before, but you you were mentioning to me off air, David, that you know he's a he's a fantastically you know amazing presence as you'd expect, but he's also incredibly funny and entertaining. He's just got great stories to tell. So, so we're so we're really looking forward to 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 that night with Richard and and, and you and Adam. In the way that Walter Smith is the gaffer, uh, I think if you're our age, and that's no disrespect to anybody who's who's maybe older than us and so others, but if you're our age, he is the captain. 
He absolutely it's, is. It's just that simple, isn't it? He is the, uh, and the funny thing is, whenever you see, and those of you who've seen Richard Goff at events will know, all the other players just instinctively go back into that mode. They just instinctively go back into, he's the skipper, he's in charge. Uh, it's quite funny to see, actually. But um, listen, we, we have a lot of expats in the hand community. And uh, I've I've been fortunate enough to to speak to a lot of them. I've been fortunate enough to go to to Narsa and to go to Orsa. And how important is it when you do move abroad? And you know you you have an exciting new life. That's the reason people go. Um, but to 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 almost uh, have this as a as a an anchor, a wee route to back home, to have Rangers in your life, and and how important is it to to have that sort of community central when you are in a, a new and, and alien environment? David, the, the the first person I met when I moved to Hong Kong almost six years ago, and I and I'm I'm not kidding about this. The first person I met was the secretary of the Rangers Supporters Club. Um, <laughs> you know, I, 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 Scott Semple, um, who who's who's been on the network a couple of times. His dad Billy played for Rangers actually. That's right. And yeah. He 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 was literally the first person uh, that I met in Hong Kong. Um, and you know, you see it here in Hong Kong. You'll see it in Singapore. You'll see it in in all these places where there are lots of Scottish expats. You know, the, a community builds up round about the supporters club, um, and you know the club itself is very, very important. Um, you know, and, and you see these guys every week at all sorts of weird and wonderful times of the night, and you know you're negotiating with the owner of the the, the, the pub where we meet for the supporters club, you know, and telling that it's very, very important that this game against you know whoever the hell it is Braga, <laughs> she has to she has to open at the pub at four in the morning. I mean, to be fair, I live in one of the outlying islands, and even I draw the line at going going to St John's the way at four in the morning on a, on a Wednesday. But, um, you know, it, it is it is very very important, David, as a as a as a focal point for the community because you've got that shared interest. But again, as you say, that kind of link to back home because you know we, all of us you know grew up before we went away and moved abroad, you know, watching Rangers, being in love with Rangers and, you know, going to games and all that kind of stuff. So you have to replace, as I've done, you know, as a season ticket holder for years and years and years, I've replaced my match day experience with, you know, going to the pub to be with the boys in the club as opposed to going going to the game itself. And, and we should never, you know, underestimate or overstate or understate, whatever, whatever the right uh, word to use is, the importance of things like heart and hand. Because, um, you know, the, the ability to get on-demand content that's reliable and trustworthy and, you know, and from a source that, that you want to hear from is really important because we are not surrounded by, you know, the noise that you guys have back home, you know, the constant sort of presence of Rangers, you know, it's ubiquitous in, in the media and, and everything else. We have to actually go and seek out the content. So having something like heart in hand and be able to access it and get content when you want it, you know, because of the time zones and time differences um, is hugely important. So that's why when we were doing the planning for the event, you know, we wanted to get Richard Goff, but we also wanted to get um, to get you guys out because, I mean, I would say 80% of the people who are members of our supporters club at least will be heart in hand subscribers. And if they were speaking to you right now, they would be saying the same thing about the importance of heart in hand. In terms of how you keep in touch with the club, well, they could have had you. I mean, you're you're in heart and hand, and you're there. But I'm glad they didn't. I'm glad they decided. You'll discover when you come out here that that if there's a if there's a rung, uh, I am at the very very bottom of, uh, <laughs> of, of, of that ladder. So the, the notion that somehow I would be any kind of star attraction uh, in, in any night or any event would be um, preposterous. I've always said the reason I get invited to these things, folks, in case you're at, uh, you're wondering, is because I don't drink, and what it means is the likes of Rob and that and the organisers, they can all they can go right, David, we need you to do this, and they can all go off and get bluttered, uh, <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I'll just I'll just take it. So uh, I think that's the main reason. But uh, no, I'm very much looking forward to it, Rob. If people want to read a wee bit more about um, the history, etc., where can they go on the old interwebs? So uh, we've got all the usual social channels um, and that will link off to our, our website as, as well. I mean, our website needs to be a bit of TLC, but, you know, our social channels are kept up to date. So Hong Kong Rangers Supporters Club on uh, Facebook, on, um, you know, Instagram and, and, and Twitter. And, and again, you know, now that we were the last place in the world to open up 
um, after COVID. But you know, lots of before COVID, loads and loads of guys would be coming through Hong Kong and the Dole to be coming to the club. So, you know, if you ever want to find out uh, if you're if you're coming out this way and you want to find out about the club, then then just to connect with our socials and you can get all the good information there. Podcast Network.